Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. It is another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. That's right, episode 121. Thank you for a uh, one more time around the sun, baby. One more time. Well, one more week, I guess, right? It's episode 121. Today, we're talking about our fantasy football draft plan for 2022, something I call the Manzifesto. It's over there at fantasyguru.com. If you are just stumbling upon this podcast, well, first of all, of all I want to thank you, each of you, for your downloads and your listening, just for listening to take your time out of your day, out of your lives to listen to this show. On a weekly basis, uh, would be very appreciative if you made sure you hit that subscribe button on wherever you're getting your podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, or iTunes, or wherever it is you guys download these shows. If you're listening to it here on fantasyguru.com, appreciate you as well. Remember, 2022 Fantasy Football Draft Guide is live over there at fantasyguru.com uh the all-in package now has daily fantasy football nfl betting for the 2022 season full draft guide off season in season data lineup optimizer my guru draft hero tool you could import your leagues and let my rankings do all the walking through for you you can do all that exclusively at fantasyguru.com. You get our Discord access to our daily fantasy, our betting channel, our seasonal channel, our best ball channel, our dynasty channel. It's all right there for you. Uh, We also have 50-plus podcasts, fantasy football podcasts. We have weekly podcasts exclusive to the site as well. It's the cheapest you'll ever find through August 1st, everybody. We have 30% off the all-in bundle. Plus, if you use Radio 20, it's an additional 20% off. So get in now. I just want to make sure you all are in while the pricing is at its lowest because they are very strict about it this year with the costs of everything going up. So this is going to be the cheapest it is. So make sure you get in and check that out at fantasyguru.com. All right? So there you go, everybody. We have a busy show planned for you today. My name is Jeff Vance, in case you are just stumbling in. I do own fantasyguru.com, part owner, chief content officer. I've got the greatest team in fantasy sports behind me with Armando Marcel, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, Ray Flowers, Ted Schuster, CJ Kaltenbach, and the Duke, and Chris Rose. And now I'm going to have to say everybody, Armando Marcel, in case I didn't say him. Everybody we have is great, and I mean it. They are the best at what they do in betting and daily and seasonal. And that is that I'm sure I missed Scotty Bonder and and man. Now, damn it. I have to talk about every, I love Ryan Clifford. I love everybody. Rich Mulatto, everybody. I love all of you. I swear to God. I do. I swear I do at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. By the way, I'm, I'm floating an idea out there to all of you regular listeners. Should I do an entire episode? of this podcast dedicated to my player profiles that you could find on my TikTok account, the Jeff Mans. So I have like 13 or 14 of them up, probably 15 by the time you're listening to this. I, the, every single one of those videos that I do, the Jeff Mans on TikTok, 
has information that you've never heard before, information that you've never heard talked about before, and very unique, very specific information about every player. I, I thought, I'm like, I could do a whole freaking podcast on that. So let me know if you guys are interested in that. Today, we're going to be going through my 2022 fantasy football draft plan. It is called the Manifesto. If you want to see the written version of this, printed out, committed to memory, updated all the time throughout the course of the summer and and fantasy football draft season. It is live at fantasyguru.com. Shout out to my dude, Rob Povia, who got this thing all prettied up and launched about really about two weeks before it should have been just because I, I, you know, kudos to myself for getting it done sooner, but obviously the editors making it nice and Rob Povia, the front of that, getting that out there. So there you go. We'll talk about that. I did want to hit on some, a couple things with training camp as we training camp is live and every day we're hearing news um, folks. Let me just remind everybody. All right. Got to talk about not overreacting to news. I am a veteran, man. I've done this 33. This is my 33rd season of playing fantasy football. I've done it since 2005. So, um, I, I mean, we're talking about almost 20 years in this business. 18, I think it was 18th, 19th year doing it professionally. I've been on national radio, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can hear me there, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, hosting Elite Sports every weekday afternoon. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame with Bob Harris on Sunday mornings during the season. So, yeah, I've been around the block. I have all the experience a human being can have. I'm sure there's some of you out there that listen that probably have more experience. You've been playing longer, but I will also stress that being in front of a live audience every single day of your life and having every single thought you've ever had on every single player out there in the open and on the old Google sphere is it takes another skill that a lot of folks haven't been able to endure. So I'm very proud of that, proud of my career in it. And I don't mean that to boast or to brag as if, oh, I'm good at this. I, I may be shit this year. Who, who knows? But I will say this. I am not updating every fucking thing, every fucking minute with every fucking news item. I should say this is a fucking uncensored fucking podcast. So make sure your fucking earbuds are in your fucking volumes down and your fucking kids aren't in the fucking car with you. <laughs> right. That's probably overboard. Hopefully you guys did that. Cause now I feel bad. I don't want your kids hearing that. I don't want anybody, you know, I, I'm, I know I, I had young kids too once, but do, so there's an expectation every fucking year we get customer service complaints at fantasyguru.com where my rankings live. Why, why aren't the, why aren't the rankings up? Oh my God. I got up. You got up. Why aren't they up? Oh my God. They're up. The rankings aren't going to be, they're always updated in the spirit and in the intent that they're always usable at any given moment. When an update needs to happen, they're updated. I'll, I go in there and blast through it. If a player tears his ACL, he's going to be taken off the fucking rankings. All right. So 
what I'm not going to do because I've been through this a million times is when somebody says Ramondre Stevenson's running with the ones, I'm not moving him up and plunging Damian Harris down. It's not fucking happening because I've seen this at 30,000 motherfucking times. I've seen it. I've done the dance. It is. I will be, you can blame me. I'm your guy. I'm in your corner. You have me all season long, all year long. If you got that all in package all year. If I miss something, you blame me. No problem. Take absolve yourself. But I will stand out in front of you and be your shield. You don't need to react to everything that comes out. Beat writer. We are living in an age where the beat writers are the worst they've ever been. It's unusable content. Motherfucking unusable content. It, for 75% of beat writers. They are in their one-bedroom apartments, Googling, 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 trying to find information. They dig up some bullshit, find it, and then they tweet it out, and then we react as if, oh, my God, did you hear that the beat writer? <sighs> okay. I, <laughs> I'm going to say some stuff here that I really, truly don't mean to be derogatory, but it has, you have to know this. Um, there are some places, there are a lot of places that fantasy websites, NFL websites, sports websites, there are a lot of them nowadays, including our own. And some of them have decided to go the route of they want to be a news service or a news organization. All right. The athletic does this. Now, I love The Athletic. I have a lot of friends at The Athletic. Some of my favorite people in the world actually run the fantasy department there. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's a service that everybody's – they have five beat writers from every team, and every one of them, or most of them, are not at practices. They're not out. There are people that live in Los Angeles that are covering the Jets. There are people in Houston or you know West Texas that are covering the Packers. There are people from Seattle covering the Dolphins. These people are not in with their teams. Thus, their information is just as good as anything you could come up with and search on the internet for as well. It's the same stuff. I was a beat writer for a couple of years. Um, a stringer is what they call. I reported to the beat writer. I would go and take notes and sit and record interviews. Uh, I did this for the college newspaper. I wrote, for, I was actually a beat writer for college, but then Daily Herald, a newspaper in suburban Chicago, and where I would do these things where I would go and record things and then listen in and but I was, I was a nobody has hack, absolutely zero, less than zero. But some of the guys I worked for had real contact tax. They would walk into a press box or a dugout or field or a practice, and they would be recognized and they'd shake hands and talk to coaches and players and things like that. That's what this job, what we expect, what I grew up reading and seeing in newspapers and then eventually on the internet and everywhere and blogs and things are people that are have context that actually know 
inside information within the organization. But that's those are mostly gone. Those people, there are few, and I'm not saying, and the athletic is full of some real good ones and other organizations too, but it's also full of people that simply write glorified blogs for the websites that really they, they, they don't have any contact. There's not getting any information they're doing. They're just sitting there all day coming at what, what should I write about? I'm going to write about something. I got to write about some, I cover the 49ers. So let's talk 49ers and they just sit in their houses and apartments or condos or whatever, and just write the shit. It, and meanwhile, fucking we're putting our hard, hard earned money or more importantly, our hard earned time into thinking that they know what the hell they're talking about. And they don't, they don't have a content. They don't have any context. They don't have any context. They don't know. They're just saying something and they weren't at practice and they didn't overhear anything and they didn't see anything. And they're just seeing what other, the third, fourth hand. You ever play the game telephone when you were a kid where somebody would whisper something in somebody in the ear and it go around the table and it try to make you would try to maintain that everybody heard the exact same thing and it would never work. One of those weird things, go play it sometimes. Something you could do with your kids and say, Sherry has a raspberry beret. And you say it one time and then let the other person, they have to pass it down and pass it down and pass it down and pass it down. Larger the group, the better. By the time it comes all the way back around, it can be Reggie ate pizza on Friday. And it's like, wow, that's nothing about Sherry wore raspberry bird. It's it, that's what this is. So careful, my friends, be careful. All right. We want to know running with the ones means nothing. Everybody runs with the ones. Everybody runs with the twos. Everybody run. The personal packages are a thing that everybody does. It's, it's always, it's infinite. What we want to get is injuries. Players missing practice time. That's important. We don't care about runs with the ones. We don't care about catching everything. We don't want, we don't care about catching nothing. Jamar Chase couldn't catch a cold last year. How, how did that work out fading Jamar Chase on that news? It, it butt fucked you in your fantasy league because you thought he had a shitty camp because a bunch of people who weren't watching anything and had no fucking earthly idea told you that. And got you off the, the path of Jamar Chase and you missed out. That's how detrimental it can be. And that's why I'm taking a stand this year against it. And I'm making sure all of you understand that as well. So that's first and foremost, um, the useful new I mean, Julio Jones signing with Tampa Bay. Where does Julio Jones plug in? He's a wide receiver five for me. I just don't, I think the better days are beyond him. I think he will help be a short yardage option, pull coverage off of Mike Evans. He doesn't have the downfield speed he used to have Julio Jones. I think that he'll probably, he could have more touchdowns than he's had in his entire career this season, but the yardage and catch totals are going to be paltry. He's not an every week starter. I have no problem in a 12 team league drafting him because he is worth that spot, which is roughly if you want to, you know, put a number on it, a top 60 fantasy wide receiver. He's in that Alec Pierce, Sammy Watkins, DJ Chark range. All right. So wide receiver five, that's where I got him. That's it. And other news from around the league. I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris. 
I'm not worried about everybody loves all Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson. Um, we want to see who the quarterbacks are going to be in Carolina and Seattle. Geno Smith getting the first snaps. Eh, that means nothing at this time, but it's worth noting. It's something that now it means nothing. But if this was August 27th or August 29th, now all of a sudden it does mean more than it did before. Okay, so those types of things is what we're looking for. All right, please, if you're a fantasy guru subscriber, hit me up on in the discord, hit all of our team up, our entire group. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore man. Just if you've got questions about something, don't react to it because other people are. Everybody at this time of year rises and falls with the news cycle and it's just so detrimental true champions at this game true winners at this game are able to thumb their nose at the the news cycle they're able to filter out all the 80 percent nonsense and the 20 percent of useful stuff that's what championship fantasy football has already begun folks it is started and it is live before your draft even begins Okay, so there you go. Let's get into it because I know I'll never get to this entire manifesto. My 2022 fantasy football draft plan. Um, so where do we start? Uh, for the purposes of, of the manifesto, if you've never read it over at fantasyguru.com, it is I go through everything. I, I do two different types of planning. I go position by position, strategy by strategy. League format by league format. So I guess it's six different ways. And then eventually I go round by round. All right. And it's got all the tools, my rankings, my projections within it. It's got my coaching sheets and coaching breakdowns in it. It's got my running back grid in it. It's got our wide receiver slot, wide receiver grid from Tyler Beaker in it. I draft two teams within the whole context. The all man's team. Those are my ideal picks. If I get a middle pick in every round, right? Just give me the, the basic pick that will be available in every round. And, and the, all the, for those who have read it already or are going to read it, the all man's team, your team should be better than the all man's team. Okay. The all man's team is I get stuck in a draft position. Things don't go ideal, but here's the most likely what I wind up with sort of worst case scenario. Although, you know, my, uh, my guys are there. So it's not technically worst case scenario, but you know, so the, the perfect team is if everything broke right for you, this is what it would look like. So I draft a perfect team. If everything works out, which we know never happens, but in case, and then the all man's team, which is your standard team that what a standard fantasy guru subscriber team would look like or close thereof. Okay. So I did that. Um, every year we, uh, start the manifesto with a, uh, little Marine Semper Fi, um, uh, slogan. And this is my draft plan. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My draft plan is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. My draft plan without me is useless without my draft plan. I am useless. I must draft sharper than my league mates who are trying to beat me. I must defeat them before they defeat me. I will. That's, that's our saying. Take it seriously. Shout out to all the veterans out there, man. 
Uh, love all of you. Thank you for all of your service very, very much. Uh, I go through my history, fantasy football, what I'm about. You guys know all that stuff as well. I talk about rankings versus projections. I think you guys, you know, I, I put the math behind it. You've heard me on the XM show. You heard me in this podcast. You've seen other articles. I don't really need to dive into that stuff. It's all in the article for you. So we start this one, this breakdown with the quarterback strategy for 2022. And for those who have read the draft plans and manifestos before manifesto, you know, I have changed where I stand at quarterback quite a bit in 2022. It's different. One of the major differences in a one quarterback league or two quarterback league and two quarterback league. We always did hot dog, no hot dog. Remember no hot dog round one, no hot dog round two, hot dog round three, no hot dog round four, hot dog round five that the hot dog, for those who never saw the HBO show Silicon Valley, um, trust me, it's worth your watching. The first few seasons of that show is fucking amazing. I, I, I was on a plane one time. I was on the plane going to the NFL draft in Philadelphia. I watched the This Guy Fucks episode. I lost my mind, meaning I've never had un- – I was by myself, all right? I was in the first class cabin. Yeah. I, yes. I fly first class. Fuck off. So I've been a coach plenty of times. Shut up. Let's go to a work event. What do you want me to do? They, I laughed so hard. I almost fell out of my seat. Everybody in the whole fucking cabin was staring at me. I could not stop. That's the degree of funny. And I'm never like that. I let, I, I watched it back in the hotel room. I watched it again on plane on the way back. It was the funniest episode of television I think I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, uh, so it's, it's changed. And I talk about what I do in a one quarterback league versus a two quarterback league. All right. And in two quarterback league, I've changed a little bit. I've changed all across the board. I'm of the mind an elite QB gives us an advantage that the majority of our league mates don't understand yet. So anytime we get that advantage, I want to take it. So the advantage we have there is simply, yeah, the five points per game that an elite level quarterback will have over everybody else. And the, you know, the top four quarterbacks have about four and a half, five to five point overall advantage per game over, you know, from QB one to QB four, you know, they're about four to five points better from QB five to QB 11. This is over the last 10 years, by the way, that difference is only 1.9 points per game. So that five points per game times 17 games. Now that adds up very fast. Whereas the 1.9 still not. So everybody that wants to wait, wait, wait on quarterbacks, that is an old philosophy that maybe you haven't caught up to and that's fine. But it's still something worth your while to look at. Anyway, it is, if you're in the first round of two QB league, I'm drafting Mahomes, Allen, or Herbert. If, if you get an opportunity to take one of them, that's who I would take. Okay. If you don't get that opportunity, then it's the standard, uh, standard rest of your Taylor, Cooper cup, Jefferson chase, you know, so on and so forth. In round two, if I get my second-tier quarterback, 
if I didn't get one in the first round. All right, if I did get one in the first round, if I got Mahomes, Allen, or Herbert, consult my two quarterback chart over at fantasyguru.com, and then I skip in the second round. Um, but if I don't, then Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. If one of those three are there in round two, I grab them. If they're that not there, if they're already off the board, you couldn't get then no quarterback, no hot dog. Round three is where you have to get one. And you will. Stafford, Dak, Kyler, Brady, Russ Wilson, Derek Carr, Rogers. One of those will absolutely be there in round three and make sure you lock one in by the end of round three. If you already had one in round one or two, you skip over quarterback, draft the best available. Okay. If you got Mahomes, Allen, or Herbert, you could skip round four. If not, if you took your quarterback, first quarterback around two or three, then in round four, you take Cousins, Matt Ryan, Tua, Winston, Trevor Lawrence, or Daniel Jones, your second quarterback. If not, if you do have a tier one, then round five. And it's the same guys, Ryan, Tua, Jameis, Lawrence, Jones, same guys. All right. By round six, you have to have your second quarterback. Things have just gone off the rails. Baker, Trey Lance. Trey Lance is way fucking gone. I'm lower on Lance than everybody in the world. So uh, Carson Wentz, Fields, Mariota. That's the last. That's if everything breaks wrong. That's two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues. One quarterback, it's a lot different. One quarterback league. I still am all over the top three quarterbacks. I really want to be in the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert business. If I have to settle for a, a Joe Burrow or worst case, Jalen Hurts, fine. Those to me are the cream of the crop. Okay. I did a, an FFPC draft pros versus Joe's a great event. Love doing that fantasy football players championship, 12 team league tight end premium, by the way. And um, only one quarterback league, but you know, I got Adams and then Kyle Pitts in the first round. I had the 10th pick. Then I got Chubb, then Brees Hall in the fifth round, 10th pick of the fifth round. I got my number one quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. I was lucky to get him because Allen went the round before Herbert went earlier in the fifth. And I was like, well, mom's there. I'll take him. Otherwise I was going to pass. And I got Mahomes, and then Lamar Jackson, Jalen hurts, Kyler Murray all went in the next four picks around me. So you know, I was happy about that to get Mahomes, Allen, or that. if you can wait to the fifth pick fifth round in your league, if you're everybody who's waiting on quarterback, go ahead and do that. But nab one of those three. I am going to set my sights on round four and Allen will be off the board almost for sure by that point, but Herbert and Mahomes are often available and I'm pulling the trigger. I have Mahomes over Herbert. I do. And I love Justin Herbert, but I love Mahomes. Look at what Alex Smith did in that offense for crying out loud. Mahomes. I can't believe people are as down on him as there, but I'll take it. So that's where I want to be. My targets based on the ADP, Mahomes, Herbert, of course. If I can't get one of those guys, then it's Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has been going much later than uh, I have him. 
So I love that. That's a guy I'm going to be, I'm going to end up with a lot of Jalen Hurts, although I had a lot of him last year and it worked out beautifully. So right now his ADP in a one quarterback league is around round seven. Okay. Kyler Murray, because of the contract, what a fuck, how fucking stupid guys don't ever be as stupid as thinking a contract means you're going to be better. Like, oh my God, give me a fucking break with that. Murray over Hurts. I don't really understand it. I mean, we've seen this guy fail at the ends of every season he's played so far. I know the skill of Kyler Murray. I have no problem. He's in my third tier, but Jalen Hurts just got A.J. Brown. He was top eight in the league in on-target throws. He's a better runner than Murray. He's not quite as fast, but he's a better runner. I mean, the best offensive line in the game or one of the best offensive line aging, but they rebuilt it a little bit with some depth. So uh, Jalen, you're going to give me Jalen Hurts out in the sixth or seventh. I'm going to take that. And to me, that's getting an elite quarterback. Joe Burrow's going 68 overall too, which is sixth round. Yeah. If you don't like Hurts and you want to go Burrow, fine. Then, then that's the, the direction to go. Stafford, I have higher than everybody. I don't know why. Like the weird thing about the current draft landscape is Matthew Stafford's like the 12th quarterback going off the board. He's starting to go behind Trey Lance. You guys are fucking imbeciles for doing that. That is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Stafford will throw some bad balls, but come on with that. That's ridiculous. That's, that's all bullshit pot or new QB hype. Terrible. So those are uh, Russell Wilson. If I have to wait forever, um, I'm not drafting Murray where he's going just to, if you do draft him for the first six, to eight weeks and then sell him off because you know, he's going to fade. I think, you know, I like other guys more than Dak. I like Stafford more than Brady. Uh, and I like Rogers more than Brady. So I'm fading him and I'm obviously fading Trey Lance. So um, one of and by the way, the manifesto in written form, I've got a lot of veteran moves on there I, for every position and sometimes multiple strategies per position. I give you a little like little tip and a veteran move for a quarterback draft a QB with a late bye week. All right. Draft somebody that has a, you know, later bye week. And if you're drafting FFPC or NFFC where you have an overall, uh, even underdog with, you know, you're going to be right up there. And then if the playoffs start a week early in week 14, well, you've, you've managed to go the whole season, regular season with your starting quarterback. So you didn't burn any fab on it. You didn't have to worry about that position and carry multiple guys. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Winston, Matt Ryan, they're week 14. Kyler's week 13. Brady, Tua in week 11. Burrow in week 10. These guys get some late bye weeks right there. So um, that helps free up an extra roster spot, especially if quarterbacks get thin. Or, or in a two QB league, take your third quarterback as one of those guys. Fields, um, Carson Wentz. Baker Mayfield, if he starts for Carolina, these are all guys with late bye weeks. Trevor Lawrence, week 11. So that's uh, another savvy move. The running back strategy this year. Now that's, 
you know, we rank the running schemes. Everything's new. I have the handcuff grid and passing down grid over at fantasyguru.com, part of our draft guide every year. Um, here's where I'm at with running backs as of the 27th of July when I'm recording this. I really don't love the first round running back. I love Taylor. I love Najee Harris. I love Joe Mixon. You get me outside of that. I like Austin Eckler a lot. I like Austin Eckler. Um, I like Aaron Jones. I like Javante Williams. But I'm not overly comfortable with any of those guys beyond the top three in the first round. You know, that's why I like when I had that 10th pick in the pros versus Joe's this week, that was a kind of a shitty thing for me. I don't want to have that late of a pick. I like the top six picks. Nice and easy, nice and simple. And if you, you know, worst case scenario, top seven picks, I'll throw, throw me Eckler. And now I ended up with Devonta Adams, who is my eighth choice. I got him 10th, but I don't, you know, there's problems with McCaffrey and Henry. What I'm saying is I prefer first and second round wide receivers and third and fourth round running backs, especially if you have a later pick. What I mean by that is I'm a lot. I like the roster build of the first four rounds. We'll say where let's say you can't get any of the top three running backs. That's Taylor Harrison Mixon, which by the way, Mixon's not going like late second round. So you definitely get Mixon. Well, actually, you know, he's going late. Uh, actually, he's going early second. Yeah, third, May 13th. I don't know why I thought that was later. But um, still, very gettable in the first round. But let's say you start, you, you you miss out on them. Okay, cool. Well, Jefferson, no, Cup, of course. Jefferson, Chase, Adams. Totally awesome consolation prize. No problem. Lock in that top tier receiver. Come back in the next round. And again, players that you'll select from Aaron Jones, who I love, Nick Chubb, who I also love. Uh, those are my favorite running backs in round two. But I really, really love Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. I like Tyree Kill in the second. I think that upside, he's getting going way late than he should be. Tebow Samuel, who I've raved about for many for you know this entire offseason everybody's like forgetting how important this guy was in fantasy um fantasy football the last few weeks of the season or last half of the season led so many people to championships guy had 13 games of 16 or more fantasy points that's three more than Devonte adams by the way uh it's two more than justin jefferson and it's six more than Jamar Chase last year. So, like, I love those receivers. I really do. So, if you're going to give me, let me start my draft with, we'll say, Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Then around three is where you have to kind of do some work. Now, by the way, I did that pros versus Joe's draft. I don't know how this fucking happened. But I had the 10th pick of third round. I got Nick Chubb there. If you if I could make a pre-draft deal with everybody, if I had a, you know, if 
I could do a deal where you're going to give me Nick Chubb in the early round and round three. I'm going to take him every single time. Best offensive line, best run game in the league. I define that in the manifesto over on the site. I mean, to give me those two wide receivers and come back in round three with Nick Chubb, that is a deal I'm taking my friends. Nick Chubb's current average draft position, ADP, he's going RB 15, impossible, and just terrible. 28.86. 28. You know who else is going almost in the third round, end of the second? Javante Williams, one of my favorites. Average draft position right now is 21.41. So we're seeing Javante fall the end of the second, early third. If you, if you get Javante, I'll take Javante. If I have to settle for Nick Chubb, I'll settle for Nick Chubb. Alvin Kamara, who's also out there, who may not be suspended this year now. Notice I've never wavered on Kamara. That's one of the reasons you need me in your corner with my rankings, and you don't, don't ever fucking tell me to update them because they're always updated. I fucking look at this shit on my phone 24 hours a day, on every my desktop in my office. My laptop that's with me on my hip all draft season as well. I'm updated all the time. But Camaro, until we know something, this guy is falling. Average draft position, 25.59. That's third round as well. Going as late as the 33rd pick. It's almost end of the third round. So, again, these three running backs all going there. And if if they were somehow gone and you had to settle for fatty boom batty for that, you know, okay, I, I'll take that. So again, I mean, think of what you've done. If you had, to, if you don't get those premier, you know, running backs, you've now got two of your two. Maybe you only start two wide receivers, or two of your three studs that you will never take out of your lineup in Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel. And now you come back with a Nick Chubb, who's a workhorse, eight plus touchdowns every single year, twelve hundred plus yards every single year, five plus. Yards per care every single year. And, oh, by the way, if, if Kareem Hunt gets injured, the guy is an absolute lunatic. Like, he will be number one running back in football. So, all that. Yeah, lock him down. Then you come back in the fourth round, and I, I look at guys like Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Brees Hall, and I'm just salivating. I love all that shit. David Montgomery is just so solid. There's nobody to challenge him. He catches passes. He's the goal line runner. Zeke Elliott also 41.95 ADP going well in the fourth round. So you're going to tell me you start out with those two backs or two receivers, and then you come back with fucking Camara or Chubb or, and or let's say you have Connor, Montgomery, Zeke, or Brees Hall. Holy shit. Fucking good. That's a hell. That's hella starts. So that's where I'm at with the running backs. Don't force it. You know, don't make your draft, especially the first round is just, well, it's when you're a two quarterback league. My biggest complaint is it becomes a quarterback round, but you guys do that with running backs. Anyway, you think, Oh, that's just running back. Got to get running back. They're not going to be any, there's plenty of running backs. Plenty. Cook has problems. Henry has problems. Serious problem. Eckler has problems. McCaffrey, we know, well-documented problems. These guys are not sure things at the running back spot. DeAndre Swift, one of my TikTok videos I just put up, serious problems. There's problems at the running back position. 
you get guys that don't have the sexiness necessarily at running back. But again, Zeke's going to carry the ball or touch the ball 250 times. Montgomery's going to touch the ball 250 plus times. They're going to get their goal line carries. They're going to get catches. They're going to get receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdowns. They're, that's it, man. You know? So there you go. It's, it's just crazy for me. Um, so that's where I'm at. Running backs that I'm targeting and I'm looking at, you know, obviously I think Nasha Harris is a great value. Joe Mix is a great value. All the guys I named, Javante, Aaron Jones, Connor Montgomery, Jacobs, playing for a contract. If we get later on, I really like James Cook and Edmonds and Damian Pierce. Like, I like a lot of those kind of players. I'm not going to be buying in on Henry or Akers or Gibson, Leonard, Fournette. Again, if I had, if I got Fournette in a third as my first run, fine. I could handle it. Travis Etienne, I'm not going to be in that either. I don't like Doug Peterson running backs. Upside's there, but just because he hasn't done it before doesn't mean he's going to do something special. All right? And I said it on SiriusXM this week. I'll say it here for everybody. Travis Etienne can be a top 15 running back this season. And he'll go later in the draft next year, just because you guys will be bored of it. Just the new blood. And that's, that's just a systematic problem with fantasy football and with the way people draft Um, wide receiver strategy. Well, I already documented it. Didn't I? I really did. Um, with the first couple rounds, let's talk about later rounds then, right? Who, what we're after. I, I, when I started turning the fantasy football back in May and we started doing most of it and, you know, really wrenching in and, and honing in on what we're doing. I had a couple situations that I'm like, all right, by the time we get to August, everybody will have figured this out. So there's an advantage, get into best ball drafts and do it now but I don't think anybody's paying attention and that's green Bay, Kansas city, Denver and Cleveland. I think new Orleans, these situations are baffling to me. Just baffling that none of these situations all of which, other than Cleveland, and Cleveland, if Watson were not suspended or only suspended half the game, Deshaun Watson's main wide receiver is not going in the first six rounds of fantasy football. What, what is happening? What is going on here? Yet, uh, I mean, this is a huge missed opportunity, in my opinion, for, uh, for Amari Cooper, right? If you need a receiver late. And if you get Amari Cooper as your three or, or God forbid, fourth wide out, you're doing work. But let's talk about Kansas City and Green Bay. The way to win fantasy football is to not be afraid. To do the work, it's been proven. This is not the lottery. It's not a game of chance. It's not Keno or a slot machine. You don't just throw your team together and hope it all clicks. You can affect your team and your season by making decisions. And when I say that, I don't mean have X amount of shares of this guy and then, you know, have a little bit of Lazard and some Randall Cobb and some Christian Watson and some Sammy Watkins. And then that way one of them will hit and you'll be fine. No, go do the work, find out 
who those players are and hammers the ever-loving fuck out of them. And that's what I've done. Alan Lazard's all in for me, all the way. If Lazard has a bad year, then I will have a bad year. Well, I'll leave that sit, even though, because I don't want to qualify it, but I don't, I don't have no problem with it. But in case you haven't noticed, I'm a bit of a fighter, and I will, I will not have a bad year. Why? Because I will never go down swinging. If I lose my first round pick or first three round picks or whatever, I will keep fucking swinging. Don't ever count me out or ever count me down. Don't do it. That's why you made a good purchase here at Fantasy Guru if you're at on the site or listening to the shows because we were wrong on shit. Didn't hit on Cooper Cup last year, the most impactful fantasy player there was. Didn't matter. Still close championship. Still won. You don't have, I was wrong on Cordero Patterson. That didn't, I ignored him all year. Didn't mean one shake of a dick of difference. Does not matter. We will continue. We will always beat the competition. All right. So, but I'm not afraid to lose on the Lazard thing. Um, 132.8 passer rating when targeted uh, third best in National Football League last year. Eight touchdowns last year. Uh, I think people forget about that. You know, you don't really think that Lazard had a pretty good year. He was wide receiver 47. That's a wide receiver four. So if you were to take his numbers, 60 targets, he only played 15 games, 40 receptions, 513 and eight. Okay. You take that 142.5 fantasy points and you plug it into you know, wide receiver 47 numbers um, right now. I can't. Oh yeah. Right now. Alan Lazard's ADP is wide receiver 45. He is going where he is, where he already was last year as a, you know, 96.9 ADP. That's the ninth start of the ninth round. No problemo. That's a guys. If you're not, if you can't see that, I don't know what else to tell you. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. The Chiefs. That's a that's difficult. They've got a lot of good names: Juju Smith Schuster, Marquez Valdez Scantling. They've got established guys. So that that's one that's a little more difficult. Sky Moore is exciting. Talked about Andy Reid's the best rookie wide receiver season ever in the history of Andy Reid was. The um, Deshaun Jackson season when he was still in Philadelphia, and you know it's a solid year, but it what eighty targets or one hundred twenty targets, sixty two receptions, nine hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns, wide receiver thirty one, the best ever. And I know at this time of year, every every rookie is going to be the next great player, but do you think that Sky Moore is really going to be? Deshaun Jackson or better. Do you really believe that? Because if I were to put this to you math nerds for a moment, the odds of that happening are about 10 to 15%. Call 12 and a half percent. That's what you got. That's your chance. That's it. It's not a very good chance, everybody. So, um, you know, yeah. One in eight chance to be Deshaun Jackson or better. I don't know. I don't like it. I think Nicole Hardman's the guy said it. 
he's been in the system just three years with Patrick Mahomes now, three years with Andy Reid. He's going, no matter what you think or say, he will and will have the first opportunity to get that job. He was eighth in the league, ninth in the league last year in yards after the catch, 502 yards after the catch. He was uh, another guy is one of the 14th in the league in yards after the catch per reception. And if you take running backs out of that, the only people at wide receiver that beat him, Debo Samuel. And that's it. That's it. That's a whole list. The only wide receiver that had more run after the catch yards after the catch per reception at wide receivers than me Hardman last year was Debo Samuel. Now put more volume onto that. Do you see what I'm saying? It's right fucking there. It's right there for you. And if Hardman, well, he's going off the board of wide receiver 58. What? 139.73? Come on. That's the 12th round. That's a freebie. What does it take for you guys to identify? So identify those late. We are being gifted opportunities to get the number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes and the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Also the number one receiver for the Denver Broncos, Judy and Sutton are mid round picks, but they're not going very late. They're not, you know, the, the saints, all those receivers, even Michael Thomas, who's an NFL record holder, hasn't played two years, but even him, he's going in the middle of sixth round mid rounds, right? I mean, Amari Cooper's going seventh round. Like my God, Jarvis Landry's late. These are real, real good wide receivers that are available. Meanwhile, those mid round receivers, after you get past the first 10, you cannot tell. I got cup Jefferson, chase Adams, Debo, Tyree kill, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, CD lamb. After that, Everybody, A.J. Brown, McLaurin, Sutton, G.J. Moore, Mike Williams, uh, T. Higgins, everybody has warts. They all have problems. Deontay Johnson, Mike Brown, they all have problems. They are all just as big question marks as Lazard, Hardman, or Juju, or Sammy Watkins, or any of these guys. And, they, and But the problem is they will cost you third, fourth, fifth round picks, whereas none of the other guys will. So that's where I'm at. I'm loving the later receivers. If I could get two stud receivers, like I talked about that little mock I kind of did. If I could do that early and come back, you know, can then get two or three running backs, rounds three, four, five, three, four, six, something like that. Maybe I throw a tight end or an elite quarterback in there. Then I come back to the receiver and I still got opportunity for fucking Juju Smith Schuster, Lazard, Amari Cooper, Sutton. Holy shit. Baby, we're cooking. And then I'm, I'm going to hammer it later on. Let me call Hardman and Jarvis Landry, Chase Claypool. Oh, so delicious. That's what I'm talking about. Draft all of all those guys I just named. And if you do this draft plan that I have, the manifesto, if you were able to do that, you, all you need is one of them to hit. One of them, because that will be your third wide receiver. Then, with that level of production at wide receiver, yeah, Montgomery, Zeke, blah, kind of boring, right? But they're 
these are going to be top 20 backs. And with the wide receiver, you've now built a consistently great team. You know, do you see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm excited about this year. That, that late wide receiver. And then tight end, I'm probably not going to go to Kelsey in the second. I don't have a problem with it. I've got Travis Kelsey in my overall rankings, like 17th, I think. Or I got him 19th right now behind Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Nick Chubb. So I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with, you know, if you went late second on Kelsey, I'm told, I'm told if, if you get him there, which every draft is weird on Kelsey, but I, I don't mind that at all. No issues with it. It just kind of screws up our receiver. You know, he would essentially be your wide receiver too. Okay. If you were to take Kelsey in the round two, then let's say you had a receiver in the first round or you come back with a receiver like Allen or somebody in the third. Cause if you have a late second, you have an early third, meaning Evans, Keenan Allen, somebody like that, Debo, they will be available to you in that early third round picks. Then, so Kelsey essentially becomes your wide receiver too. And then we take those third, fourth round running backs, like I said. Okay. Again, this is all in the article. Strongly recommend it. I do love Kyle Pitts. Um, love him. Just fucking love him. I don't know what else to say. Love him this year. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, if you have to wait. Good options. Very solid. Don't have to pay much for them. I'm I was surprised at how much later Goddard and Ertz are going. But tight end eight and nine off the board, 95 and 101 overall, respectively. Uh, ninth and 10th round. Yeah. I'm that I'll go round eight, make sure I get one, just so I'm not shut out. Not gonna wait too long. So uh, that that's what I like. Um, let's get into the I did I do kicker strategies, I do Defense and special team strategies in the Manifesto article. I'm not going to talk about those on the show today, obviously. Uh, but so what I do also after we go through all this kind of stuff, and there's a lot of meat. I mean, this is like a 50,000 word type deal uh, article. I do a round by round. And each round, I, I tell you what the goal of each round is. Targets, what players or positions or what we're targeting what the best value option available on a normal, according to the most updated ADP is player with the most upside in that round, the biggest risk in that round, the player that I personally am not touching and I would avoid in that round, the pocket of value draft pockets. Um, remember that from the show? Love the draft pockets. That player position, the position group that you go, oh, you get like four quarterbacks in this round. Here you go. And then I draft two players. I draft the all-man's team, my ideal choice for who most likely will be there. And, and then I draft another, and that's the perfect draft. Everything goes perfectly. This is the way it goes. So, for instance, I'll take you through the first couple of rounds here in the Manifesto, And the round one goal, build our team on the firmest foundation possible. You don't put straw or sticks, or even wood on the foundation of your home. You use concrete, something that binds, something that cannot be broken, all right? 
So your early round picks need to be this most stable. That's why there's no doubt Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook deserve first round picks. There's no doubt they, in theory, they deserve it, but that's not firm foundation. It's starting to crack underneath them. The last two years, I've been all about those two players. You guys know that. So it's a big departure, but they both have real problems. So you got to be focused in that in first round, acquiring the best overall talent. 52% of, four, of first round picks over last 22 years, drafts from the year 2000 now, 52% of first round picks bust, meaning they do not return within three rounds of value. That's a bust. Okay. So you should look at the first round when you obsessed over who you should take. Look at who has the biggest chance of going completely belly up. Yes. Who did, who did you say? When I said that to you, who you did thought to your mind? I know who you thought. You know who you thought. Everyone's going to say it, Dave. It's Christian McCaffrey. Of course. I said, McCaffrey may do great. Maybe he stays healthy. God willing, love him. Go ahead. But why the fuck are you, why do you have to be the one that takes that risk? Why? It's not necessary. You want to take risks, take a risk, somebody that could do what McCaffrey does or close to it in the later rounds, the mid to late rounds. Why aren't you doing that? And just take the nice, easy, safe guy here. Think about it. What are you proving or trying to prove? He's not 2019. It'll never happen. Even if he is healthy, it won't simply... It's not the same offense, not the same quarterback, not the same offense line, not the same supporting characters. He's not the same player. There's nothing about 2019 McCaffrey that 2022 McCaffrey has. Nothing other than the same name on the back of the jersey. Even the fucking jersey isn't the same. I'm not touching Dalvin Cook in the first round. McCaffrey's the biggest risk. Cooper Cup, obviously, is the biggest upside because if he does anything remotely, if Cooper Cup does anything in 20% of what he did last year, right? then he is the number one player in the game, and it's not close. Cooper Cup last year was more valuable to everybody than any other player in the game. Remember, Jonathan Taylor, if you want to look at all the scores, Jonathan Taylor was fifth in scoring last year. Cooper Cup was first. Right. And that's with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady in the middle of it. If you want to take just a flex position, Taylor was second, but there was a almost a 70 point difference between Cup and Taylor. Ah, five points a game, man. It's a lot. Cooper Cup is going to regress and he could do, he could regress massively and still be the best receiver. So he's got the most upside. No, not even a question about it. The pocket of values, you know, those, those running backs, obviously. A little bit with Taylor, Eckler, Najee, Mixon. All solid, McCaffrey, Henry. So in a perfect world, I'm getting Cooper Cup in the first round. Perfect, that's my perfect draft because he falls. I have... Been in drafts already and underdogfantasy.com. By the way, use the promo code elite. If you want to see me draft, if you want to draft against me, you don't agree with what I say, you think you got what they come on, join the crew. But you have to use the promo code elite, E L I T E, in order to see my drafts and to get into them. 
All right. So make sure you're using that. You also get double your deposit bonus. So there's a lot of monetary incentive for you to do it as well. E-L-I-T-E is the promo code, underdogfantasy.com. $2 million top prize. Go get it. But I've been in drafts where Jefferson and Chase go before cup, like two receivers. So I, I get cup at the end of the first round. So in a perfect world, fuck it. Yeah, that's me. But the all-man's team selection, the guy I seem to get a lot most of, Najee Harris. That, you know, it's not, it's not Taylor. That would be per, that would be pretty damn good. He would still be my number one. But I'm not giving myself the number one in this. I'll give myself a similar pick, but everything works out. But I get Najee Harris in the middle and late first all the time. So he's my all-man's team. So I've got Cup and, and Harris on the perfect draft and all-man's team. We head to round number two. It's picks 13 to 24 overall. Still best player available. All right. It's, you know, you don't want to, a couple things. You don't want to necessarily double tap the same team unless it's a wide receiver, um, you know, some you know, wide receiver quarterback. But even that, I'm not taking a quarterback in the second round. So unless it's two QB league, then it's fine. But I don't want to, like, take both of them. Like I'm not taking Chase and Higgins rounds one and two. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take, you know, and I just don't want to take two teammates in back-to-back rounds. It, it makes sense ADP-wise, Evans and Fournette or something. But I just, if at all I could avoid it, fine. If, it's an, if you're in a deep league, 14 or 16 teams, or it's a best ball format or something, all right, fine. Then it's just all total points. If it's a total points type league, then yeah. But remember, when you draft teammates, everything one does, and when one has a big game, the other doesn't. Unless that team scores copious amounts of points, which is rare indeed. So be careful of all that. So um, that's that. The value, best value in the second round is, is Travis Kelsey. I've mentioned it the best tight end, what he gives you over every other tight end at the position, or let's say over the median of the position is just unmistakable player with the most upside in round two is Debo Samuel. Talked about that already. Biggest risk I think is Saquon Barkley. Saquon's he's going up toward the first round. That's kind of crazy. I like Saquon. And I thought this year we'd end up getting him late second, early third, but it's, it's not going that way. Notice the trend. If you've had a number one overall fantasy season, fantasy football players will forgive you for two to three years for going forward. Barkley, number one in what, 2018? We're still drafting him towards the first round. Christian McCaffrey, number one in 2019, still drafting him. And it's bad because it's painful and you shouldn't do it. I'm not touching Leonard Fournette in the second round. I mentioned in the third round, I start to consider it, but I'm not touching him here. Pocket of value, some nice wide receivers. Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen. It's a nice pocket, baby. I love it. My all-man's draft, well, things work out. I'm going to go back to the running back position. It's going to be Javante Williams. You know it. It has to be. How, does, how would I have an all-man's team? Without Javante Williams, I don't think it's possible. So he goes off the board here in my all-man team. My perfect draft is uh, Joe Mixon. Fuck it. 
Mixon is a player that falls at drafts that has fallen to the second round. If you look at uh, ADP uh, information, his earliest that Joe Mixon goes about pick eight, his latest that he goes is pick 20. It's the end of the second round. So, again, perfect draft. Sure, fuck it. I'll pick up Joe Mixon. So, perfect draft. Mixon a cup. What a start. All man's Najee Harris, Javante Williams. We head to the third round. All right. So first three picks, one of my tips in here, pro tip, the first three picks should never in any circumstances. And I'm talking weather. I'm talking anything happens. You will, you would never in your life consider benching them. Okay. And you think that, oh yeah, of course. No, you would think of benching Leonard Fournette. Like there would be a time and a, a situation where you would bench him. You would bench fucking uh, um, CeeDee Lamb at times, right? There are players that you would bench depending on certain matchups and coverages and whatnot. So don't give me that bullshit. DeAndre Swift, if Detroit was really good and you didn't, and they weren't, going to throw a lot you can't start deandre swift well, i mean you can but you know you would think about not because he's relies so heavily on his pass catching ability that's my tip for round three value option nick chubb by a mile like wow i can't believe he's going that late just the consistency is incredible best running game in the league best offensive line in the league best running back in the league quite possibly Player at the most upside, Alvin Kamara. It all comes down to the suspension. We know that. Jalen Waddle is that's the biggest risk. What are you guys doing? Jalen Waddle is going to disappoint you massively unless Tyree Kill goes. I'm not, don't ever use a third round pick for a player that needs somebody else to be injured in order to thrive. Don't do it. Player I'm not touching is Travis Etienne. I get it. Exciting Clemson offense in Jacksonville, him and Lawrence. I get it. But I'm, I'm not going there. Not in this round. Not when you have all these running backs. The pocket of value is running back. Again, Kamara, Chubb, ETN, Akers. There's some quality players here in round three. My all-man's team going to the wide receiver, going Keenan Allen, locking him in. We love Justin Herbert. Offensive line got better this offseason. AFC West, he's on the cover of our magazine. How could you have an all-man's team? Two of the cover boys on our magazine and Javante and Keenan Allen. AFC West going to have big point totals, explosive games. Keenan Allen at the front of that. Love it. And the perfect draft, Debo Samuel. Don't even need a perfect draft for that. He's falling the third round. I'll fucking take it all day, all day long. So if you're keeping track, perfect draft has Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel with Joe Mixon. Yeah, baby. It's doable. All man's team. Uh, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and Keenan Allen. We'll go to round four. This is where quarterback, tight end start entering our vernacular. Start look at one of that position. If you can get a premium quarterback running back, think about it. Otherwise, we're looking for somebody start to look towards the upside. The foundation starts getting now all of a sudden by this time, everybody picks 37, 48. Everybody's got some degree of warts. So now we say, all right, who's going to shoot for the moon? Who's going to be, who's the upside King here. I think one of the best values of round four is another tight end Kyle Pitts. 
tremendous value for a pick in the fourth round. Most upside is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton could be and is going to be an absolute beast with Russell Wilson. Not a volume player, but big plays, high-pointing football, touchdown, double-digit touchdowns. That's Cortland Sutton. Biggest risk, Gabriel Davis. I love Gabriel Davis to death. What he does versus man coverage, another video on my TikTok, the Jeff Manns. Go check it out. Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, man versus zone versus man under versus trail man coverage. But it's too risky for my blood. Marquise Hollywood, what's your dream Brown? Is dealing with an injury at camp right now. That doesn't bother me. I'm not touching him in the fourth. You guys are out of your minds. That's that's a terrible play. Terrible, terrible. Hopkins is coming back. AJ Green's there. Rondell Moore's there. James Conner, pass catching backs there. Zach Ertz is there. Oh, my God. No. He'll make big plays. In a best ball league, I like him a lot more than in. That's, again, round four. You will bench Marquise Brown. I guarantee it. You draft him in the fourth round, you're going to be like, oh, you're going to call me on SiriusXM or hit me up in Discord and be like, well, I got Marquise Brown or Chase Claypool or uh, Devontae Parker or Jarvis Landry. Like, and I'm going to tell you, yeah, you drafted Brown in the fourth. Everybody else you're naming, you drafted in the ninth round or later, and it's week three. So, yeah. Pocket of value is the wide receivers, though. Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, all available there. Good wide receiver round, although I'm not going there. Okay. The all-man's team, it's Kyle Pitts. I'm going tight end in round four, locking him in. So I got premium tight end, premium receiver, and Keenan Allen. My two running back spots locked in. Perfect draft. Now this is where it gets a little fun. This is fucking amazing. My perfect draft, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's going, his max pick is 40, which is about middle of the fourth round. So perfect world. Nick Chubb slides to me at 40 or the fourth round. Boy, I'm absolutely loving it. So my perfect draft team, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel with Mixon and Chubb. Let's fucking go. Let's go, everybody. And then the all-man's team, Allen, I, I meant I went through that. So that's the first four rounds. I don't want to keep you guys forever. You know I could go through this whole thing. Check out the article for more. Um, I will, I'll go through it. If you wonder what the, uh, the all-man's team this year, well, figure out how the rest of it goes by reading the article. My quarterback is Justin Herbert. My running backs, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Devin Singletary, James Cook, Mark Ingram. My receivers, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alan Lazard, Chase Claypool, Kenny Galladay, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, tight end Kyle Pitts, kicker Brandon McManus, defense the Chargers. There you go. Perfect draft team. I'll tell you. Mahomes, Mixon, Chubb, Hunt, Cook, Damian Pierce, James Cook. Wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Debo, Juju, Hopkins, Lazard, Hardman, Watt, Sammy Watkins, Kyle Pitts is my tight end, Tucker, and the Buffalo Bills. That's the perfect draft team. 
Again, check it out there on the site, exclusive fantasyguru.com for that. Folks, if you want to get in on it, we're here all season, all off season, 24-7, Discord, podcasts, new shows every day at the site, new tools, our keeper tool. All you have to do, select the players that are your options to keep, select the cost it takes you, what round or the dollar amount, and we will, our keeper tool will tell you who you should be keeping in the 2022 for the 2022 season. So make sure you use that, our elite data, all of that, the fantasy football stats hub, our prop bet finder and odds comparisons for all of our betting stuff, all of it. Get everything all in package. It's on the site, go to the join now button, click Jeff man's all in package, and then make sure you type in the uh, promo codes right above the right hand side. You have to go and uh, it says have a discount code, click on that blue link, type in radio 20 R A D I O two zero. And once you do that, you get in and then it's 20% off. It's already a 33% discount, 20% over the top of that's 50% off the entire all in package. But uh, there you go. Get in with us all season long and hit me up in Discord with any questions you guys have. Want to thank you for tuning into this episode, as you always do. Tell a friend we want more. Want to crank out more of these episodes. We have some very big announcements coming down the pike for us on the broadcasting level. May involve me, may involve some of our teammates here at fantasyguru.com. I'm very excited. Um, to be a part of the future of the broadcasting network and broadcasting angle in fantasy sports uh, as uh, this industry continues to evolve there as well. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. You may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing that you heard on today's episode. Folks, I want you to know that's perfectly all right. Why? because it was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!